Welcome back. It's Tom Bell here. So great to have you for another episode. I am excited as always, um, but maybe a little bit more excited today to have Dr. David Keane, the founder and CEO at the 10 Behaviours of Successful People with me today. Welcome to the show, David. Hello, Tom, and thank you so much for inviting me onto your podcast. I'm looking forward to chatting with you. Oh, gosh, you are an absolute legend. You have spent, you know, a lot of your life um, researching and doing all of the hard yards um, to, to bring some, you know, wondrous um, teachings into the world that I'm allowed able to consume uh, much quicker than having to spend three decades uh, going around and, and getting all of the, the wonderful information that you have. But uh, uh, from your perspective, and, and for people who haven't yet come across you yet, would you mind telling us a little, little bit about yourself? Sure. Okay. Well, well, Tom, you probably guessed immediately from my accent. Um, uh, you know, I've actually been living in New Zealand for 34 years, believe it or not. Mm. Um, although I grew up in uh, a little place in Ireland, in the southern coast of Ireland, uh, down in Cork of all places. So for those of you who are connoisseurs of accents, this is indeed a Cork accent. And mm. um, so I grew up there and spent quite a lot of my, um, you know, time up to the age I was 25, in fact, in, in Ireland. And uh, I started my career uh, after my, my undergraduate degree in business and my master's in business. And I started my degree, my, my work career, really, in PricewaterhouseCoopers uh, oh, wow. in Dublin. And then uh, I came to the age of 25, and this was 1988. And I thought, oh, I really want to do something else. And um, I, I came to New Zealand for one year. And here I am 34 years later. So... So that really was the beginning of this journey for me in that I became really interested in the subject of success and, and what does success mean and what do successful people do and how do they create success in their lives. And that really happened in 1988. And it's almost scary for me, Tom, to be saying it's 34 years ago because it just doesn't feel like that. Mm. And I don't feel that old. And um, so... And that's really where it all began for me, the, uh, the, the looking into the subject of success, really. Mm. Well, and there must be some like a, a, a big level of courage to at least even try going in, going to a different country and then deciding to stay and, and doing all those sorts of things. Do you think uh, that courage has, has played a big part in your life to sort of bet on yourself to go and try things and do things? Yes, I, I do, actually. And um, we'll talk about this later, but, you know, my definition of success for myself um, you know, there's a key word in my definition, which is being exciting. Mm. Um, and, and I've kind of architected my life so it's, so it's not boring. Uh, I like age. I like somewhat an element of risk. And um, so I think, you know, if courage can be an element of that, I guess it is. Uh, but I suppose you're right, because back then, you know, in 1988, the Internet was not around. Mm. And I remember looking at the um, a globe, actually. And uh, saying, like, I had this sort of spinning globe and thinking, where, where is this Australia? Oh, New Zealand. Oh, it's down there in the other end of this sort of side of the globe. So I think our informational access was so poor back then, relatively speaking, to now. And, 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 and so and, and think, you know, to come to your point, and I think it was courageous enough. But like when you're doing these things that, that when you're doing it, it doesn't sound that courageous. It's only when you look back on it that it looks mm. like that. Mm. Mm -hmm. What I find interesting too is I, I've got it on my LinkedIn, you know, what's your definition of success? I've, I've been asking a lot of people, especially of late, you know, what's your definition of success? And, and I'm surprised how many people are saying to me, like, I actually haven't sat down mm. to think about what it actually means for me, like that it's, that it's kind of, 
close by like it's it's the next door neighbor's house close by for some but not actually like in under your own roof that i can tell you specifically these are what the things are um which i I, and and then you know i don't even think anybody has said that success to them is material things like apart from maybe owning a house or, or being financially secure it hasn't really come up to be that um when they have gone and defined it that it's to do with money i mean is that what you kind of find on your travels or Absolutely. And do you know what? I think since the pandemic in particular, um, I've never, so my 34 years of looking at this subject, um, I've never seen more interest than in the past two years. Mm. And I think simply what happened is that we've had the spaciousness of time to think. Uh, Up to now, up to 2020, almost we could see it that we were so busy being busy and doing stuff and executing and achieving and things like that but definitely since the pandemic started and because of the pattern of people's lives changing so fundamentally um you know we could say that the, you know, we've all collectively had to push pause in our lives and and to really step back a bit and say really what's important you know and for some of us and for many people um what we think was important has not been important after all. It's been some other, something else. So, for example, what you talked about in terms of, you know, financial aspects, that's probably the, the kind of first answer we get to when we think about success, you know, financial security or freedom or however we define it. But then, then what happens when you get that? Or you get it to a level that you're happy with? And so what, what, what is it really behind it? Mm-hmm. Um, so probably in the past two years then, Tom, we've had this unique period of history where collectively it's been actually we've been given permission, in fact, to step back from our everyday lives and ask these fundamental questions. So when we look at phenomena at the moment, like, for example, um, the, I suppose what could be called the, the big resignation, mm-hmm. um, and if you look at I mean, I'm a fairly avid reader of the Harvard Business Review. In fact, I'd recommend all your listeners to, you know, get a subscription to that. And in terms of um, just kind of staying in touch with the research on what people are thinking about, about these matters. But definitely, I think in the past two years, if you look at the articles in the Harvard Business Review, this whole idea of um, the big resignation is on the tip of an iceberg. Uh, changing your job potentially is only part of what's actually happening. I think at a much deeper level, we've got individuals of all kinds in all levels and organizations uh, questioning themselves as to what their real definition of success is. And oftentimes it's a bit scary, right? And uh, I like your your kind of characterization that it's like looking at the, the neighbor next door. It's kind of there, but, you know, not too much detail. Mm. Um, uh but it's really interesting to be able to, I suppose, put the microscope down in our own lives in this fresh kind of way and ask ourselves these profound questions. Um, but because everybody is doing it, we've got this collective permission to do it. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. unusual. So I've often talked about, for example, you know, when you see airline pilots driving Uber taxis, um, you know, you say, oh, all right, okay. So maybe the job that I'm doing or the way I've set my life up, it's actually okay to do something quite different if that's what my definition of success is. 
it's in it's kind of almost like a yin and yang so you've got this the one side of it is terrifying and the other side is electrifyingly good so the terrifying part is to think i've done all of this work i've i've trudged all of this way maybe i've been walking in the wrong direction or i've you know failed or whatever else Mm -hmm. i mean it's just learnings and but then the exciting thing is it's like hey well that's okay just like we're all i mean we're all going to die one day we'll dust in the wind if, if we really sped up the the you know the hands of time so you know like building sandcastles near the near the shoreline you know you build something and then it washes away and you build something um this too shall pass um so the exciting thing is that you can um you know go the distance and and personally i think if you don't live a long life wouldn't it be great to do what you actually love Mm -hmm. and if you do live a long life wouldn't it make it easier and more enjoyable for the rest of your days. And you probably will live longer because stress, I reckon, is a real killer, that you could live the rest of your long life loving what you do. And all it takes is to be vulnerable, slow down, ask some of these key questions that you may never have asked and spend a bit of time with it, even if it takes you months to actually work out what you really want to do. And it might not work out on the first attempt or the second or the third. But if it's your dream and it's something that you really want, you might as well keep pushing towards it. Absolutely. And, uh, and especially, you know, I think when we get older, we begin to see time differently or perspective on time changes. And um, I, the way I coach with people and I've coached many thousands of people now is that issue comes up and people would say, oh, I'm a bit scary about looking at these issues. And, you know, what if I discovered my life has been, you know, somewhat wasted for example or mm. i wasn't on purpose for a chunk of my life and, and, and oftentimes i say to people don't worry about that um the past is the past but the experiences we've had in the past are absolutely crucial to making you the person that you are right now and so therefore the way i would phrase it is that there's absolutely no regret from what you've done in the past in fact it was absolutely necessary to making the person you are now and it's mm. interesting but if you look at some of the, the research on people getting older, what well, is a wonderful book, by the way, that's worthwhile looking at called The Five Regrets of the Dying. Um, oh, okay. by, uh, she's actually an Australian um, hospice nurse, Bonnie Weir. Uh, so it's The Five Regrets of the Dying. And she you know, was in this uh, hospice and she interviewed a whole lot of people between the ages of, I don't know, say 80 and 105 and asked him the question, like, what do you regret now that your life is almost over? And um, it's been fascinating to read a book like that, where where people get, you know, arrive at that point in their lives. Um, They actually are really thankful for many of the experiences that at the time, you know, may not have been, um, you know, that satisfactory. But in the, the light of time, they were crucial in making them who they were. Mm. Um, so that's, I think, an important point is not to be living in kind of regret about it or beating ourselves up about it. Mm. Um, that, um, that you are where you are. Let's build on the great experiences you've had and going forward then uh, by having this f- renewed freshness around defining success for you, you will potentially be much more aware and more conscious of choice making that you're about to make, given that you now really understand what success is for you. And it may it, it may be quite different from what you thought in the past. And that's an important point too, is that I think that 
um, success is is constantly changing um, because events happen, you know, big things happen in your life, opportunities emerge that you could never expect. Um, so that kind of leads us, I suppose, nicely to, you know, how could we define success? Mm, mm, mm. So tell me about that. So, so your definition of success, you know, you touched on it before, but is there anything that you would sort of add to that in telling us what yours, what yours is? Yeah, I'll, I'll, there's two things. So there's the, there's the general definition of success, which is taking me a long time to come up with. And then there's my own personal definition of success. So I'll, I'll actually reveal both to you. Mm. Um, and if you want to, I'd be happy for, I'd love to listen to yours too. Because okay. um, um, it's, it's by individuals in conversation, being able to share their own definitions and to be absolutely okay with them being different um, is, I think it's exciting. And mm. so oftentimes I work with companies and you know, large organizations and I, I encourage them to take time out to, you know, write down their definition of success but then to be brave enough to share it with their colleagues, to share it with their boss. Ideally, if you can do it with a senior member of like a CEO or a director of a company and ask them to be bold enough to share it with their staff. Mm. So it just shows that wonderful vulnerability to say that, look, we're all struggling in this area. It's not that we've, you know, that we've all nailed it. Uh, or some of these people in senior levels nailed it, which, by the way, I don't think at all. And, um, uh, you know, it's, it's been able to be able to articulate what your definition of success is in mm. this kind of precise kind of way. So I'll go ahead now and I'll give you the two definitions, Tom. And I'd love to hear yours uh, if you're happy to yeah, yeah. talk about it. Um, so the... And... Um, I honestly, it just took so much effort and so much back and forth. And every word has been carefully architected and chosen. Uh, so here's what it is. So success then is being on the pathway to the achievement of worthwhile dreams, whatever those dreams might be. So I'll give it again. So it's being on the pathway to the achievement of worthwhile dreams, whatever those dreams might be. Mm, mm, I like that. I've actually like gotten to a point where I think I've watched almost every piece of content that Gary Vaynerchuk or Gary V. I don't know if you've come across him uh, as, oh. as you've been cruising along, but he's a uh, you know very rich dude now, self-made, I suppose to a degree, not probably self-made, but has has done quite well, um, big on social media. But um, I, uh, for me, I think there's been a big switch from um, trying to reach an end goal to just enjoying the process. It's more the yeah. process. Than, than the finish line. And if you, you have a worthy goal to strive towards, but that process in enjoying the now along the way, um, I think that that really hits home with what you're saying. I feel like that resonates more with me these days. It is. And for many people, it does. Because once we define success as a destinational idea, um, what happens if you die? And you haven't reached it, mm. you know? And um, so... By looking at this idea of success around being on the pathway, it means that you can wake up in the morning time and say to yourself, Tom, am I being successful today? So before you get out of bed and you put your feet on the carpet or on the ground and you say to yourself, is what I'm about to do today in alignment with what's important to me? Mm. You are being successful. 
therefore, and here's the, the real point, um, success really has absolutely nothing to do, unless you choose it to be. I'll just put that writer in. It's unless, so it's got nothing to do with money, power, position, fame, or notoriety. It can be. So somebody, for example, could define success for themselves as being, I don't know, a multimillionaire or achieving a certain level of financial you know, freedom, whatever it is. Um, and that's fine. That's one way of defining it. But that's only one definition. So somebody equally could define success for them, for example, making a contribution in their community and being the absolutely best mom or dad to their kids that they can be. Uh, that's their most important thing, forgetting other things. Mm. Um, so that's their unique take on success for them. It's almost like being in a shoe shop, right? So it's like there's all the different types of shoes. You've got dress shoes, you've got sports shoes, you've got Crocs. Some people wearing Crocs, like, you know, whatever it might be. But in the end, like, there's no point you going in. I like to run. There's no point going and buying thongs at the shop. But no. somebody else would love to walk in those thongs. So you have to somehow make sure that, you, and you might have to try on a few different pairs of shoes, but to, to walk in your own um, version of success, not in somebody else's. Exactly. Uh, and that is... Uh, a fundamental point, I believe, in people maturing in their life, they realize, for perhaps for the first time, that it's their definition of success is what's important, not other people's um, perspective on their, their definition. Um, and of course, for many of us, this is a lot of re unprogramming because we're, we're, we're so driven, for example, by our parents to, you know, like to like the old classic thing of, you know, oh, you know, um, study hard, you know, work hard, you know, get an education and get a good job and then you'll retire. Mm. Um, that type of thing. That's that's a very narrow definition of it. Um, I'm not saying work hard, but but like that that's only one take on it. Yes. Um, or or for example, the kind of whole thing is, you know, work hard, get a job. That in itself is restricting. Mm. So why not, for example, be an entrepreneur or, you know, be, become a social worker or contribute in many ways that is not a job mm. you know so it's 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 a really a profound moment in somebody's life especially when we're coaching with them to to see that penny drop they suddenly realize oh my goodness perhaps some of the ideas i've had in the past about the notion of success is uh, is just not true and it gives that I like what you said at the start, Tom. It's really exciting for somebody. It's it's scary, but exciting at the very same time. And mm. um, to say, oh my goodness, this canvas is actually, you know, totally open for me to 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 create. Um, and that is is wonderful when somebody reaches that point where um, they're they're mature enough within their own self to to really stand back and ask these questions and being to, to, to use the word behind you there authentic within themselves. Mm, I like it. And so from your, and your definition. All right then. So my definition then is um, I'll say it twice just to, 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 to just allow people to listen to it. Um, my definition of success then is to be a wonderful husband, father, and friend who lives an exciting life while making a significant positive contribution by inspiring and empowering people to achieve their full potential. Mm. So it's to be a wonderful 
husband, father, and friend. So they're the kind of key roles in my life. Um, while living an exciting life. That's why I talked about earlier. So if, to me, exciting is, a, is a, a really loaded word. So it is age, it's uh, unpredictability, it's somewhat risky. Uh, so it's living an exciting life while making a significant positive contribution. Um, so I definitely want to do that um, uh, by enabling and empowering people to achieve their full potential. So again, there's two elements there. So, so there's, uh, ina- sorry, sorry, by inspiring and empowering people to achieve their full potential. So there's two parts to it. I can inspire somebody in, my, in the work I do, but I, I'm not just interested in that. Uh, I think inspiring is an element of it, but I also want to empower them. And that's actually me providing other people with tools that they can do it for themselves. They don't need me to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought, I think oftentimes, you know, you might go to seminars and events and you feel very inspired and you feel good for a short time. But then the seminar is over and you go very flat because you actually haven't got any tools to help you move forward in this enabling way. So mm-hmm. when it comes down then to the 10 behaviors, and we'll talk about that in a second. But for me, that's a really important part. It's not just make people feel good but to have them with the tools that they can apply for themselves over a long time for the rest of their lives. Mm. Um, so I'm not really interested in making people feel good for a short time. It's almost like they feed them, give, um, give a man a fish, feed him for a day, teach a man to fish, feed him for a lifetime. Absolutely. It, it is. Mm. And um, I think that's part of the, the, the work around success too, is that it's not a quick fix. Uh, it does require work. You know, and um, but once you know what you're doing, that work actually is an absolute joy for somebody to be constantly working on themselves and becoming more successful in their terms, whatever that might be. Mm-hmm. So this then, you know, could just come back to the definition for a second that, that I talked about earlier. I know we're jumping around, but it doesn't matter as, um, you know, you could have, say, two or three individuals. Um, let's just give, give some examples. Um, so one person, for example, could be the chief executive of a large organization, um, you know, making mega bucks and doing great stuff, for example, or whatever. And that's, that's one person's definition of it. Um, another person, um, they might, you know, be passionate about their community. And they're equally successful in that. And then finally, somebody, you know, a mom could be, with three young kids at home and they're being successful, being a great mom. Mm. So here we have these three individuals. They're all equally successful because we're not comparing them. Mm. So mm. to say that the chief executive is more successful is actually wrong. Mm, I like that. I like that. And, and so for, for my one, if I had to um, well, get, get to say mine uh, is to live life fully so I want to live life fully and I want to use my speaking abilities to be able to help others everywhere that, that you know, they come into contact with me um, to level up in their lifestyles. And at the same time to be providing a wonderful life for my family and to be present with my family. Yes. So I, I've, I've got a little bit of work to do to like probably make that more concise, but uh, that's, that's really like a, a, a sort of talking to you a little off air, but about um, it's kind of taken me a long time of talking about purpose, passion and on all of those sorts of things, like a very long time um, to kind of have a gut feel for what I want, um, but to take it, you know, 
know, not looking at it as if it's the neighbor's house and bring it under my own roof and put it down on, on in writing that that purpose statement uh, to be able to, I tried others on with, with the words on paper and some sounded good. Um, but then when it was a case of actually, no, I feel like with that lifestyle, I really feel or that, that purpose statement that I can drive with that. I can walk, I can carry that forward and feel very proud that, you know, if, if life was to end tomorrow, a year from now, or, you know, I'm lucky to live past a hundred or who knows medical events, I live forever. Uh, if I was living that, I feel like that would be a, a life well lived and, and, you know, achieving success for myself. Congratulations. That's a, I mean, just to be able to do that work, Tom has been, you know, a major mark in somebody's life to be able to articulate it just as you've done. I've got a question for you, Tom, yes. um, in terms of when you, um, you think about your, your definition of success in that way, how does that influence your everyday world? Well, it sees me not sitting on the couch on a day off. Instead, I um, muster up the effort to uh, put myself out there, invite wonderful guests like yourself to the podcast, um, to you know spend time posting and and creating things, and and maybe like I'm saying no to things that aren't serving that purpose, mm-hmm. and 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 then I'm actually like more aware of things that might serve the purpose. So my life is is shifting, and it's funny because. It's like, you know, I might've given up being on the couch, but then I gained talking. So it's, it's a big shift. It actually ends up being overall. Uh, and I feel more in control. I feel more like uh, I'm the pilot of my life rather than potentially being in the back of the plane to wherever the plane is going. Yeah. And even though I might've bought the ticket, um, I, I do feel much more in the driver's seat. Mm-hmm. Do you feel more inspired? I do. Yeah. And I, and I think that suits me better because if I'm, when I'm doing things that I don't enjoy, uh, I can still bring energy to them, but I probably end up feeling drained where like I've been waking up at three, like three 30 in the morning just to wake. And I'm like, Oh, now what can I do to keep working on this thing? Um, you know, I, I I'm just happier. And I, it sounds odd um, to say that, but it does feel like, when, when I'm in the wrong place, it kind of feels like I'm trying to swim upstream or swim against the current and I'm putting masses of energy into something where I, it, you know, I should be good or I should be doing this thing and I might be good at the thing, um, but it, it's, it's exhausting. Whereas this is almost like laying down, like it's not actually, but laying down in the stream and just going with where I'm supposed to go. It's like maybe it's my stream, my little stream, and I'm just getting on my own current and floating to where I should be. Oh, what a, what a wonderful description of it. And you're right. Like when you're like that on purpose, you know, it's effortless, you know, because you've got this alignment going on. You're, you're not trying to be something that you're not. And you've got this most wonderful, fine energy that comes to your fingertips, you know, and you become so observant of things that matter now. Mm. And it's almost like opportunities start popping for you. Yeah, and actually also the things that is, is also interesting because that is happening. Um, that is exactly happening. Things are people coming out of the woodwork that you're like, I wouldn't have been able to guess that they would come up. People yeah. are helping me, you know, and so a lot of the fears that I've that I've had, I've kind of lent past those and all of a sudden I'm realizing like, you know, doors are opening and whatever else, which is great. But also when things are kind of happening in my life that are like stressful or, or um, you know, frustrating or those things that, you know, I, I always want to bounce back, but they're real. Some of those things that you've got to sort of trudge through. Uh, I find that like I can kind of just kick back into the moment of now. And whilst I can be in now and I can be Zen and have no thoughts, 
typically, you know, that's a, a cool place, but it's also really nice to be in the thoughts and, and just be so grateful for the fact that I am feeling like I'm on the right path, which quickly turns the volume down on whatever those big challenges are. Cause I've kind of got like, you know, there's a big elephant here and there's a little mouse of, of, of challenges at the time. Sometimes, you know, it's like the mouse is, is, is so in your face. You're like, Oh, uh, but when you just get a little bit of perspective, when you're on the right path, everything else sort of starts to not be such a big problem. Yeah. Yeah, well seen, well seen. Yeah, and um, yeah, I, I love that kind of idea of of easiness, and that's a very good sign that you're on purpose. And um, but also, I think another couple of things by the way you defined it there and the way you've talked about it is that it's it's really interesting, isn't it, Tom? That being able to articulate your definition of success as you are, it immediately shows up what you're not interested in. Mm. Can you talk more about that in terms of yeah well, for in terms of like my like own in terms of, of success like, yeah but in terms of what you're not doing as equally important as the things that you are doing yeah well it's funny too because like not only that purpose statement you know thinking about that um you know some of the work that you know I'm, I'm doing through one of your um courses but it's got me thinking more than you know i take that and then i break it down into like a few more streams and and because it's not just like i'm heading down one stream my life is actually there's like 10 mini me's heading down yeah. 10 little streams health yeah health and and finances so you know one of my recent guests um, Sloan Wilkins, he, he gave me a whole heap of ideas with financial stuff and, and I'll plan to use him as a financial coach, um, you know, going through, you know, being more on purpose with my life and, and guiding that. I've just now teed up a, a health, nutrition and um, a fitness coach uh, that we start with on Tuesday. And, and I'm sort of seeing that like where I was sluggish and it seemed like there was a lot of immovable, like I was trapped. It, it's, it sounds like because I'm positive, but I felt trapped by, by circumstances and now that I'm actually like getting more into the driver's seat, I'm realizing that I actually can autopilot all the different directions. So instead of going and eating chicken nuggets for lunch, which I love eating chicken nuggets, right? Um, yeah. I'm not eating chicken nuggets for lunch. It's, it's steamed chicken, broccoli, and quinoa. If I've said quinoa, right? I don't know. It's a weirdly spelt word. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I feel good about the change. I'm not feeling like I'm missing out or it's, you know, I need these other things. I can't even tell you. It's, it feels like alignment. If I had to say what it feels like, it just feels like alignment. And so I can see quickly what isn't in alignment. And it just feels like, I don't know, um, brushing my teeth with dirt, you know, like if it's not that, but it, it's almost when it's out of alignment, you wouldn't brush your teeth with dirt because it just makes no sense to do that. Um, so that's what I'm starting to feel is that I can seem to categorize because I'm clear about what success is, what, isn't the right path to turn down. Maybe like driving on the highway, that's not my exit. I don't need to take it, even if I've taken it before. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good. Oh, congratulations. That's so good to be able to listen to you articulate in that way because like you know when you've got to that point, um, it's it's a it's a huge step in somebody's mature maturity to adulthood, I believe. You mm -hmm. know, um, and and um I was I was just gonna say as well there, Tom, that um one of the outcomes of doing that work that you've done there is that it fundamentally changes the feeling of everything you're doing. Um, so I'll give you an example there, just to use your, your example. So I'm sure to get ready for this podcast today, you know, you had, before we got on here, you had to get the stuff out and technology tested and all mm -hmm. the 
mm-hmm. stuff ready to go and and all that. Now, one way to to kind of see that is you can say, oh, oh God, I got to get this stuff ready for this podcast, and I'm you know, got to talk to this guy for an hour or whatever it's going to be, and you kind of feel almost resentment resentment towards mm-hmm. the actual task that you're doing, but then you sort of look at the fact that okay, you've done all this setup, but you're doing it not for the podcast, but for you being a person of influence using your voice. So it totally changes the doing of something. Yeah, it does. It's exciting. I I get excited about one's coming up and what will it be like? And then afterwards, like I'm cheering every time. And then I'll go like, you know, for the rest of the day thinking about like, oh, when it was this, then we touched on that. And then like, I'm not really one for admin. Like if I could have a team of people that sat and chopped all the videos up for social media and and posted it all and wrote all the nice words, that's not my passion at all. Um, And if you just made me sit there and do that for somebody else, that, I, that wasn't my thing and it was somebody else's podcast and all I was was the admin person, oh, I, I would I would feel like I'm back in the cave of doom. Yeah. Uh, but, but but I don't mind because I'm like, oh, this is contributing to the thing and it might help me get another episode, another podcast. It might help some people along yeah. the way. Um, so you're right, it does. It's just it, the challenges dissolve. Like you, because you're just in the car, like enjoying it. It's like the wind in my bald scalp. Yeah, that's right. And and everything changes. And because you're looking suddenly at your entire multidimensional world through this lens of your definition of what success is for you. Um, if I can just share one example, Tom, mm. uh, it's, which might be a, a bit odd, but um, I, um, you know, my definition of success is to enable, to inspire and empower people to achieve their full potential. And, and, and oftentimes you might think, oh, that's, that's him working the corporate world. And I do a lot of work in the corporate world and with companies and government departments and, you know, people in all levels and organizations and they pay big fees and all that kind of stuff. And, um, but, you know, to come back to your definition, it's got to be done in a such a way that it's sustaining, right? We have to make a living out of this, right? Mm-hmm. So it's an interesting thing. People often say to me, but, you know, um, you know, why do you, why do you need to be commercial? Well, they need to be commercial so I can continue to do it, you know, so, mm, you know, so we can mm. feel wonderful about, you know, helping the world and contributing and so on, but it has to be economically viable as well. Mm. Um, so in any case, I do quite a lot of work with the corporate world and we've got partners and we've got workshops and courses and coaching programs and an app and the whole thing. So that all works, you know, and we, that's how we basically make our living. Uh, is by working with the corporate world and government departments where there's employees, basically. But having said that, I also do a lot of work with prisoners. For zero income. Um, And sometimes, of course, they're even more fascinating. And, um, you know, so to me, going into a prison in a cold winter's night, talking about success and so on, you know, it's equally inspiring, uh, although the people in front of me are quite different. Well, if you're giving people an opportunity there, like we're talking about um, COVID giving people enough time to sit back and think, well, probably, I mean, like I, I, I don't know a 
prison's like and I pray to never know from inside the cell um, but you know you, they would have a lot of time to think so if you're able to inject their mind with the seed of hope and the seed of you know, of you know being on purpose in their own lives well that probably gives them a chance to cultivate that and really think about what it might be for themselves for when the time for not only during there I suppose but also for the time when they when they get to come out exactly right and that's that's exactly why I do that work is that there's no point in talking about this kind of thing when they're out because they've reconnected with their gangs and their associates but but while in prison they've got one time that they've got one thing that nobody else has got which is time mm. and uh, it's an it's a really good opportunity for them to um supposed to reflect on the subject of success um I'll tell you an interesting funny story just to lighten it up a bit although we're talking about prisons is um I was in um uh, doing a, a seminar uh, and coaching with somebody in a in a, a group of people in a, in a prison. They were all high risk um, individuals, and um, I, I asked, you know, just on the topic we're on, is you know, what's your definition of success? And I asked this person who were like like a gang member, huge individual, tattoos everywhere. Um, um, and so on right so I, I said to this person like what's your definition of success and he said david um i want to be the new zealand version of pablo escobar now for those that don't know who he is pablo escobar is a major drug dealer in south america mm-hmm. um he actually you know was a massive yeah, i think it was for a while he was the number one wanted person in the world and mm-hmm. eventually he actually got he died. He was in a shootout. Um, but in any case, I, I thought it was a fascinating conversation with this chap who was a drug dealer, uh, but his definition of success was to be becoming even a bigger drug dealer. Mm. And I sat there and thinking, you know, especially with the definition of success I gave you earlier, Tom, as, you know, being on the pathway to the achievement of worthwhile dreams, whatever those dreams might be. Well, for this chap, that was his dream. Mm. So in mm. this really curious way, him sitting there wanting to be the next Pablo Pablo Escobar um, was his actual definition of success. So intriguing. And I couldn't say anything about it. Like, because that's his definition. Mm. And I'm very careful about that, is that people can define success in so many different ways. Um, it reminds me of the story, which I've got in my book, um, for those of you who are listening, my, my book is called The Art of Deliberate Success, The 10 Behaviours of Successful People. I'll hold it up for those people that are watching it on YouTube or have an audio link, but if not, it doesn't matter. But um, So the book deals with these 10 behaviours of successful people. But one of the things I've got in the book is the story of Maria. And um, so Maria is this, um, this uh, woman I was coaching with. Um, so the way it kind of came about is Maria's boss came to one of my seminars and said, can you come to our factory and help Maria become more successful? So I drive two hours to the factory. It's in a small little town and the factory is in the business of putting eggs into boxes. They put eggs into boxes. So I talked to the manager first and uh, who's this Maria lady? Why does she want to become more successful and so on? And what gives you the confidence to think that she can be more successful? Mm -hmm. And the manager says to me, well, Maria is our best employee she's absolutely fantastic um, and she's wonderful in the community she's a really good worker she's inspirational but no matter how hard we try we can't get her off the production line she loves being on the production line at the end of the line putting the eggs into the boxes 
And we know for sure she'd be a fantastic supervisor and potentially a factory manager. But you know, she's just not applying herself. Can you help her? So now I got on to the end of the production line. Here's Maria with a hairnet on. And I said to her, I'm, help you. I'm here to help you become more successful. Um, and she said to me, well, David, just to let you know that before we begin our coaching session, thank you for visiting. Uh, but for me, you know, I'm passionate about the community here and I'm passionate about contributing. And my real life begins at 5.01 p.m. My real life begins at 5.01 p.m. And I said, oh, really? And then she said, well, that's why I've chosen to have the most boring job in town, which is putting eggs into boxes, because it gives me time to think. So when my real life begins at 5.01, I'm ready. And that's the day, Tom, I left. And I knew that Maria was one of the most successful people I've ever met in my entire mm. life. Mm. I love that. That's, a, that's, that's absolutely so good. And it's a good message for anybody listening too. Like, you know, even if your day job isn't what you love, then you still have the night to then get that energized, you know, being yeah. doing something else that you love. It is. And that's very important these days because uh, um, we can be, we can be making a mistake. And, and that is that we, we might make a mistake to think that we need to be wired up about our job and feel really uh, inspired by it. But a lot of jobs are not like that. Uh, in fact, jobs can be a means to an end. They can be a funding mechanism. They can be a funding mechanism for what your real passion is, you know? Uh, so what I've often said to people then is that it's really important to be passionate about something, um, but it doesn't necessarily have to be your job. Mm. Now, this is a really interesting conversation to have in the corporate world because we're corporate world kind of speak is let's make people in alignment with their jobs and excite them and so on. But a lot of jobs are not exciting. They're mm. like call centers. They're doing jobs that people don't necessarily, you know, have a direct connection with, with the, the customer or they don't feel that good about contributing in that way. So it's still possible for somebody to be in a job, but really successful because our definition of success is beyond their job. Mm. Well, I like that. That gives hope, I think, as well. You know, oh. someone to sort of switch the switch the narrative and, and maybe change perspective just a bit enough yeah. to think, hang on, I can still fill my jug and it doesn't have to come from this place. That's right. Now it's great if you can get your job, you know, inspiring you, but it's a it's a it's not a precondition. Mm. You know, so oftentimes I, I meet some people in coaching and they're they're, for example, artists or musicians, or they might be interested in something else other than their job. And that's the reason that they exist. They're, um, they've got a, a really exciting world, but their job is only part of who they are. And I think that's a quite a, a good way to look at it, is that oftentimes we get so um, wrapped up in our job and think it is who we are. Mm. It's like, you know, when you go to a barbecue or something and you say to somebody, you know, tell me about yourself. And they say, oh, I'm an accountant. Right. <laughs> it's just <laughs> mm. Mm. not a good answer. Mm. There's nothing wrong with accountancy. I love them. But, um, you know, it's not who somebody is. They're much more multi-layered, multifaceted 
there's many more dimensions to a life around success than than your job. Well, okay. And and from your perspective, are there any other ingredients that you think uh, you know have contributed to your success uh, in in your life, or would would contribute to? I mean, you you are the the maestro of success literature, so oh, well, I guess overall that contributes to success. Um, I think um, well, how to answer that is that it's it's not a simple answer. Um, so what I found in my research and my work over all these years is these 10 behaviors. Um, so um, what I've figured out is that these, these 10 behaviors that if we're pursuing them on a consistent basis over a long time in our lives, like I'm talking years here, they will help you stay true and faithful to your definition of success. They're like little strategies, if you like, to help you be in, in alignment with your definition. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I found is that I'm not going to go through the 10 behaviors that would mm-hmm. take us all day, mm-hmm. but um, of these 10 behaviors, uh, what we do know is that there's two of them that we're all really good at. We're really good at two of the 10. The six of the 10 that are okay, and there's two of the 10 that are probably your downfall. Mm. And, <laughs> In and other if people are thinking that they want to go and do these, this, this 10 B and um, what, what's their, what's the best avenue for doing that from, from your perspective? Cause I mean, you can read the book. I, I think that's available on Amazon, isn't it? As, yeah. It's uh, available on Amazon. You can download it on Kindle or these other you know platforms yeah. too. Um, although I found that the reading the book only gets you so far. Mm-hmm. The, the real thing is to enroll in some sort of an experience like a seminar or a workshop and ideally coaching. Coaching really makes the difference. And um, so probably the short answer to your question, Tom, is, is to look at our website, 10behaviors.com. And there we have you know, events coming up all over the world uh, on 10 behaviors. And the reason we're doing that is that um, we've got these partners. So one of the things I do then, I spend most of my life doing now, is I help other coaches and trainers to help deliver the 10 behaviors. So they, they delivered in different countries around the world. Uh, in fact, in Australia, um, I'm not sure if many of, of your listeners are from Australia, but one of the our partners there who has been really, really wonderful to work with is um, the Leaders Lounge, uh, which is run by Sarah Yip. And she's the director of a company called Keys International. And they've come up with this most wonderful concept, which is the Leaders Lounge, which is a place that individuals um, or their companies can buy a number of seats for their staff to attend uh, a Leaders Lounge for, I think it's a, a subscription mm-hmm. uh, for a year or whatever it is. And as part of that, they get the 10 Behaviors course uh, and potential coaching if they want it as part of that lounge experience. So if you go onto our website, then you'll see the different places in the world that the, co- the courses are available. And um, and that's so, yeah. So I think that's like that's it? probably the, the short answer is, and, and then, so what I was saying then is that, you know, we've got this two areas that somebody is really good at, the six that are okay and the two that are holding them back the most. So what I'm trying to do is help people with the areas that are their problematic areas. So instead of kind of becoming overawed by 10 areas to think about, we're only going to focus on one or two. And mm. it could be that you focus on one or two of these behaviors for maybe three months. And then we've actually developed a quiz, which is on the app, which measures how good you are tracking at these 10 behaviors. And then by taking the quiz, you can say, oh, yes, I'm getting better at behavior number four. Um, 
and now I'll take the quiz again and number seven is showing the next area I need to work on. So this is this idea of not seeing it as a one hit wonder, but it's, it's a bit like brushing your teeth actually. Do you know, like you don't say, oh, I'll, I'll brush my teeth in January, mm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> mm. every year, which is yeah. kind of how we can look at it. No, you got to do it every day and it becomes part of who you are. So that way then what happens is that you become continuously curious and for example, you've got a, this interest in one of the subjects of the 10 behaviors. You're listening to podcasts, you're, you're reading books, you're engaging with content that's going to help you implement some of these ideas in a very practical way. So that's what it all comes down to. I would say to answer your question, Tom, it's, it's one thing knowing these ideas. The, the main thing, however, is actually implementing it. Yeah, well, I, a, I feel like a, part of my identity is being a coach. I love when I know something and if I see somebody else that needs assistance, I love to be able to provide assistance. And even if I don't, questioning techniques to be able to then help somebody themselves through whatever it is. I don't need to be an expert in what they're doing. No. But where do you feel like you mentioned that coaching is the thing, you know, Tiger Woods has a coach, like, you know, people, even the greats have coaches. Um, do you feel like that is a major unlock for people to be able to rather than have to try to like run the marathon themselves it's almost like that person is there to actually kind of make sure that you achieve the success that you want to that you want to achieve yeah it is it is and i think that's right you're right like you've you've nailed it it's anybody who's really good has a coach so that's something for us to think about so no matter what you want to get good at doing getting a coach for help you is a really good example um, you mentioned Tiger Woods there, for example. Um, for those of you listening who like golf, you know, I'm sure you'll appreciate this little story. But um, I started playing golf uh, many years ago. And the first thing I did was I went out and I bought a set of golf clubs. Mm-hmm. And started playing golf. Huge mistake. What I should have actually done was go out and got some coaching sessions on how to play golf, then buy golf clubs and then play golf. Because I've spent probably years and years reversing bad habits I had developed from the first few weeks. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, so, so when you look at it that way, it doesn't it make sense that if you want to become good at doing something, just look at somebody else that's been there. You know, as, as one phrase put it, um, you know, if you want to know the secret to success, look, talk to somebody on the road backwards. Mm. You know, mm. that they've been there, done that. And um, but what you notice is that when you look at somebody who's really good at something, it's effortless. Um, you mentioned Tiger Woods. I had the occasion of um, being a spectator at the Ryder Cup one year. And I spent one day. This is when Tiger Woods was in his absolute prime. Uh, and I spent one day walking around a golf course watching Tiger Woods. I went to every tea box he went to. I went, tracked him around. And now watching somebody like him in real life um, hitting a golf ball, it is absolutely effortless. It seemed like he wasn't even trying. But then you look at the smoothness of his swing and his connectedness with the, the ball and how far it would go and the shape of the ball and the whole thing of what he was doing. It was just beautiful. Mm. Um, but then you realize the amount of hours that he had put into getting that effortlessness going and the coaching and the, and that was phenomenal. 
Um, so like that leads us back to, you know, this whole thing, you know, uh, Malcolm Gladwell wrote this wonderful book called Outliers. And he talks about the 10,000 hours phenomena. Mm, and that is that. that if you if you're going to get any good at doing anything, whether it's playing tennis or golf or success or becoming a financial analyst or whatever it's going to be, ten thousand hours practice is seem to be the key number. Mm. Um, so doesn't it make sense then to spend a lot of our effort in our life looking at success and thinking, can I become more expert in that so I can implement it in my everyday life? And on that path to mastery, what would it be like, um, you know, having 10,000 hours, but also then, you know, um, perfect practice, you know, makes mm. perfect. So, so if you can actually have a coach with you joining you along the way, perhaps at the start, perhaps, you know, at intervals along the way, you know, if you, what's, I wonder what the summation of, uh, you know, coaching hours plugged into that, does it, does it change that um, factor? Is it still 10,000 hours or is it maybe 8,000 hours because you were able to uh, yeah. miss some pitfalls or something else along the way? Yeah, that's right. So, so that, that's one of the key things from Malcolm Gladwell's book and the, the 10,000 hours phenomena. It's not 10,000 hours. It's very carefully put. It's 10,000 hours of learning. Mm. Um, so by bringing a coach in, you're, you're accentuating the, the learning component. So you're not just doing the same thing over and over and over and not learning. That will take you 15,000 hours. You know, it's, um, it's, it's this kind of phrase, which I really like, uh, you know, the most common phrase is uh, practice makes perfect. Mm -hmm. That's actually not true. What's better said is that imperfect practice makes perfect. Mm. It's the imperfectness mm. is where the learning is. So it's not the clocking of 10,000 hours, but it's the, the feedback loop to learning. And I think what a coach done then does then is that they speed up the feedback loop. You know, um, I reckon we're going to reach a point where, um, you know, it'll it'll be come. To, you know, everybody will say it's a, it's a bit like who's your hairdresser? I know, like you and I don't have much hair, but, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but it's like it'll become a point where like who's your hairdresser or, or who's your coach? You know, it'll be the same type of thing mm. or. You know, who's the person that's helping you to become the first person, the best, best version of yourself? Oh, I like that. And so thinking of that, thinking of the best version of becoming the best version of themselves, if people are listening to this, are there any final tips, you know, three tips, final tips that you would have for people wanting to achieve more success in their lives? Okay. Um, I would say become less busy. that to me seems to be a key is that when we're busy in our lives it's all about activity and doing things but success real success is not about doing things it's about how you think which is not activity that's powerful so becoming less busy and if you've got a life there, if you're listening and you're a very busy person, it's easy to see that as almost a badge of honor. And in fact, maybe we're finding meaning from being busy because we don't want to face up to the real reality of our lives. Mm. Being busy means that we don't have to look at things too closely. Uh, but if you've got a lot of business in your life, 
that's a sure sign that by slowing down, taking a step back, pushing pause, really looking at our lives and saying what really matters will lead you to conclusions that will serve you well. Mm-hmm. Well, I love that. And I love that. In fact, and uh, if you've then taken a step back and you've decided, yes, I want to make, want to make a change, then uh, pop over to Leaders Lounge or the, uh, the 10B website and, and enroll uh, in, into what is basically a partnership in, in your own success moving forward. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's getting somebody on board with your journey so you can speed up the process. You can learn from, the, from like the mistakes, if I like in quotation marks, of others. Um, so that we don't all have to go through this mistake making, but you can learn about, well, what did other people do that I can leverage on immediately uh, without wasting a lot of time going down avenues that are not very valuable. Mm, Dr. David, oh my goodness, I knew I was going to have like such a great time chatting to you today. So I really do uh, appreciate that you that you took the time to, you know, have today's catch up. Um, but is there for anybody like, you know, you've mentioned a couple of things here, but for anybody wanting to follow along any like websites that you want to speak out, um, social media handles, anything like that, that you'd like to share again? Uh, no, I think, uh, Tom, you've done a great job of I've really enjoyed the conversation. I think we've we've left enough information for people to the follow-up and um yeah as i said like at the very start you know these past two years they've been such a wonderful opportunity for us collectively in the world to push pause to be given this permission to look at these deeper issues and now we've got these most marvelous tools and resources around us that can really help you to become the person that you were meant to be and to be truly successful in your own terms. Mm, mm, I love it. Dr. David, thank you so much for taking the time to have a chat. Thanks, Tom. Love you to see you. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in for another episode. I certainly appreciate you being here. My name's Tom Bell, and I'll catch you on the next episode.